The following conversation originally aired on The Point on KPOV 88.9 FM High Desert Community Radio in Bend, Oregon. Airing weekdays at 9 a.m., The Point is a half-hour, locally produced show focusing on people and events in Central Oregon. Our guest this morning is Redmond Police Chief Devin Lewis here today to discuss the public safety facility bond, among a few other things. Welcome to the Wednesday Point, Chief Lewis, and thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Before we get into the proposed relocation and expansion of the police station, a bit about you. You just began your tenure as Redmond Chief of Police January 1 of this year, but you're no stranger to Central Oregon law enforcement. Give us a look at your career. Uh, Sure. So, yeah, I began my career uh, in law enforcement after I graduated from Washington State University. Uh, I was hired at the Deschutes County Sheriff's Office and started there in September of 1999. And I worked at the Sheriff's Office as a deputy all over Central Oregon for about five years. And then in 2004, I moved over to the Bend Police Department and I worked at Bend at the Bend Police Department for over 15 years, had the opportunity to do lots of fun things and gain a lot of great experience. And then, yeah, in September of 2019, I was fortunate enough to be selected as Redmond's next captain, and I've been at Redmond since then. Awesome. It's no secret that Redmond is experiencing explosive growth, but unfortunately, crime is on the increase as well. Stats released by the FBI last September show Redmond's crime rate at 47% above the national average. The good news, though, is that violent crime is 32% below the national average. Why is Redmond so high on property crimes, 62% above national average? Um, yeah, we, I've, I haven't seen those exact numbers, but I do know that we have, you know, we are high when it comes to property crime. I think there's a lot of factors that go into it. Um, it'd be hard to narrow it down to just one. I believe one problem is, you know, we have, we do have a drug problem here in Central Oregon. I think everybody knows that. I've seen that throughout my whole career. And so obviously we know the problem that comes with people that are addicted to drugs. A lot of times, you know, they need to support their habit. And so, but there's an easy way to do that through property crime, right? So we have that. Um, and then also, you know, we've seen, you know, over the last uh, few years, not only with the pandemic and people out of work, obviously we've, you know, there's people, you know, in desperate times as well. And then again, I think there's people that move here from out of the area and they think that Central Oregon is a safe place. And it really is a safe place. Like you said, violent crime is pretty low. Overall, it is a safe place. But I, you know, I've talked to several people that move from out of the area. And so they're like, oh, I leave my car unlocked and I leave my house unlocked, um, which I get it. I love that they feel that comfortable and that safe, that that's that it's nice to know that they feel that way. But unfortunately, um, you know, a lot of our people that are committing property crimes, it's just a crime of opportunity. You know, they just walk around and they do. They just check car doors and door handles and, you know, shed doors. And if your garage door is open and you have something they can grab and turn around and pawn for $100, and that's probably going to happen, unfortunately. Redmond's crime rate is significantly higher than Ben's. What's Ben doing differently than Redmond? <sighs> you know, I'm I'm not sure because when I left, you know, when I left Bend, I know we, you know, the property crime rate was also an issue at Bend as well. I would say, you know, they obviously have a substantial uh, amount of police officers higher than we do. And so they may have more people that are out there. Um, and maybe they've done a better job of, you know, I don't know, trying to, you know, just have more people out there and being proactive. Uh, we do have, um, we do have our own in-house street crimes team. And that's kind of our proactive uh, policing that focuses on drugs and property crime. So, um, they're always doing different things as far as putting out one of the things they like to do is they'll put out like a fake Amazon box 
that uh, looks like it's a high value item, but it's actually got like a, you know, maybe has a, a tracking device in it. And so we try those things to try to deter crime, but those are still new to us. So we're trying to implement those more and more. And I know Ben's had those for a little bit longer. Okay. That's so- good. Go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say that's good to know because um, on that Nextdoor app, you see pictures all the time of people's front porches, you know, with somebody coming and, like you said, trying the doorknob to see if it works or grabbing the Amazon box and running. So it's nice to know that you're tracking them and maybe catching up with some of these people. Absolutely. Yeah, the Ring the Ring doorbell or those other doorbell cameras have been great for us because we have partnerships with them so people can upload those videos uh, to the police department. And that gives us kind of great information to go on. And a lot of times it's people we do recognize. And so we're able to ID those people and then go, you know, and make that arrest. Wow. That's wow. good to know. Very cool. So on to the real reason you're here. In a five to two <laughs> vote last Tuesday, the Redmond City Council voted to send a $40 million bond measure to the voters this May for construction of a new public safety facility. First of all, talk to us why this facility is necessary. Let's start out with a description of your current facility. Sure, absolutely. Um, so our current facility is right there on the corner of 7th and Deschutes here in Redmond. It is a nice location to be kind of in that downtown area. Um, uh, the building was built in the late 1990s. Uh, it's currently 12,850 square feet. Um, and it sits on 1.1 acres, which maybe initially sounds like a lot. But as you kind of break it down... Um, it's not that much, unfortunately. You know, at the time when it was built, there was about 36, I believe, total employees here at the police department. And it was essentially built for that number. Um, and then it was built in a way, unfortunately, where we couldn't really expand the building. We haven't been able to, you can't build up. And then obviously being on a corner of a street, we can't really build out. Um, on top of that, we have some issues with, because of that limited space, we have some parking issues. Uh, we only have 16 secured parking spots. Um, And that's a problem because we have 45 vehicles in our fleet. So we have several vehicles that we can't have parked in a secured area. On top of that, all of our, all of our employees and support staff that work here every day, they don't have a secured place to park either. And then to take that one step further, people coming to the police department to, you know, maybe report a crime or make a report or whatever it is that they need to do here at the police department, you know, they have trouble finding places to park as well, again, because we're in competition with other businesses downtown um, in the library and things like that. So that's kind of that's kind of why we're looking at it. Um, beyond that, we're just the internal space. Um, we have people crammed in all sorts of areas. We've we've tried to maximize it. We've taken um, old closets that were like janitorial closets, and we've tried to turn those into office spaces. Um, we have evidence stored uh, at multiple places throughout the city, not just here at the PD, like ultimately it should be. Um, so that makes it difficult. Uh, if I can I interrupt, Go aren't ahead. you using aren't you using your lunchroom actually for some evidence? Yeah, we have some issues. That definitely brings up a good a good point uh, in our lunchroom uh, where we try to you know take our break or eat a meal. Um, that's kind of our biggest open area with tables. So when we recover a lot of evidence, and that could be obviously contaminated property dangerous drugs, dangerous chemicals, things like that. A lot of times we're having to process those in the same area where we eat. So you can see, uh, you can see the, the problems that causes as well. Um, and then beyond that, uh, the building is just, you know, it's, it's been failing, doesn't have great functionality. We have to, we've, we have to invest in heavy duty repairs. The plumbing backs up, the HVAC fails. Uh, when it comes to, you know, like I said, community needs, there's no place for them to park. 
when they come in to make a report or talk with us, we don't really have a large uh, a private area in the lobby. It's just kind of a an open room where everybody can hear your business. So if you're trying to make a, a report or you have some private information you don't want to share, there's no auditory privacy. So that's an issue. Um, you know, again, Additionally, have- aren't the facilities for female officers limited? Yes. Yep. We don't have a large area for, for our, our female employees. Um, and then on top of that, even the area for our male employees is also small. Uh, both, both locker rooms only have one shower. So if you can just think about that for a minute, that's it's a little bit tough, especially when we now have um, over 60 employees total at the police department. We're talking about the reasons why uh, a new facility is needed for a public safety in Redmond. So uh, I'm just wondering, could you give us an idea of the new proposed facility? Where will it be located? Could you give us an overview of what it's going to look like? Yeah, sure. No problem. Um, and then after my overview, feel free to ask any follow any follow up questions about it. So, yeah, we were fortunate enough to have um, council give us direction last summer or last spring to kind of look at trying to find a, a suitable parcel of land. And looking around Redmond, obviously we know Redmond's grown a lot, a lot of development. And so there are certain things we had to look at. You know, location being one, size being one. We wanted to make sure it was an area that we wouldn't, you know, outgrow again in in a short amount of time because we know this is going to be a large investment for the community. So we were fortunate enough to actually find eight acres on the north end of town at 2983 Northwest Canal Boulevard. And to kind of give you a picture of where that is, if you were heading, you know, north uh, on the 97 bypass uh, through Redmond, you took that last exit, exit 119, kind of the one for, you know, Home Depot, Walmart. So if you took that exit, there's a large parcel of land right there uh, between that exit, where that exit ends and where that storage facility is kind of by Canal and Kingway. And so that that's it. And uh, we were fortunate enough to uh, to make that purchase. Um, instead of eight acres. So we're, we're excited about that. Uh, we see that it's going to give us a, a great opportunity to um, have plenty of space, not only for secure parking, like we talked about earlier, but an area enough to have plenty of parking as well for community members coming. And then an area that we know that we'll be able to grow with and expand as the community of Redmond grows and expands. So you've already purchased the property and, and the bond is just going to be a facility bond. Is that it? That's correct. Yes. Yes. Um, so in talking about that facility a little more in depth, um, we've done a needs assessment. We've kind of gone through some different plans to try to try to, you know, figure out exactly what, what not only we need, but what we feel is going to serve the community best. And uh, towards the end of the summer last year, we, we did some polling and we were trying to figure out what, what resonates with the community, right? What do our citizens want? And, and one of those things was just that, you know, finding a, finding a space and building a facility that, that's, you know, not going to be outgrown, but is going to actually be able to maintain and keep up with the growth and hopefully be, you know, be there for 20, 30, 40 years. And that's, we've been able to do that, do that with this, with this project. How large will the facility be? Uh, total, it's going to be about 43,000 square feet. Um, and uh, we're going to have, it's going to be a two-story building. Um, kind of going back to what we talked about, one of the great things it's going to have is this really nice um, front lobby area that's going to be um, large, uh, large enough and easy access with, with secure parking for even the public where they can come in and have easy parking. And then um, right off that lobby is going to have, we're going to have two um, uh, 
two soft interview rooms where if people are there to make a criminal report or maybe to talk about something that they need that auditory privacy or maybe visual privacy as well, we're going to be able to offer that to them right off the lobby. And that, that was another thing that came that resonated high with the public. Um, the second half of that is, you know, like I said, at our current lobby, we could have a mixed use, right? Somebody there to commit a crime, I mean, to report a crime and somebody maybe they're turning themselves in, maybe somebody there trying to recover evidence or maybe somebody there to register as a sex offender. And we're trying to split that up, right, to give everybody the privacy they deserve. So also with this new building, we would have a secondary entry point on the other half of the building where that's where we would handle all of uh, all of our sex offender registrations and people here to recover, you know, recover any sort of property to kind of keep keep that divided from folks coming to the lobby to make uh, crime reports. Mental health is a hot topic these days. Will there be facilities in this new building for mental health? Great question. So there's been a little bit of, um, you know, uh, the, initially when we were looking at this plan, we were, we were looking at trying to get some sort of, um, you know, stabilization or triage, triage facility for mental health on the same property. Um, but we have a great partnership with the Shoots County Behavioral Health. And in working with them, um, they let us know that they, you know, they were going to make a North County annex and they had just purchased a property up here in Redmond. And so they, you know, they don't have uh, the funding nor the, you know, the, the, the staffing to have two of those in Redmond. It wouldn't make sense. So they're going to go ahead and, you know, make, make a, you know, kind of a daytime triage mental health facility here in Redmond on the North end of town, which will be probably within a mile to a mile and a half from the new PD. So we'll be able to use that. But with this new PD, we will have ample enough space finally to hopefully uh, begin uh, a co-responder program where we may have, you know, two or three licensed social workers, clinicians from Deschutes County Behavioral Health kind of embedded here at the Redmond Police Department. And then some specialized officers as well. And that can kind of hopefully become our team. That's kind of what we see in the future with this new building. So, Devin, I'm sure the question on everyone's mind, what's this going to cost the taxpayers? Right. So that's a great question. Um, as, as we mentioned, uh, council did approve uh, that that bond last week. It's a $40 million bond um, that's going to be going to the, the ballot on the May election. And if you look at, um, I'm not our numbers guy, that's Jason F., our chief financial officer, but I'm going to, I'll put it into hopefully terms we can all understand. Um, so if you look at the average uh, tax assessed value of Redmond, it's, it comes in at a $203,000 tax assessed home. And using that, this uh, this ballot measure is going to cost uh, voters about $12 a month, $12.30 a month based on that average. And now for those people that feel like, oh, well, $203,000, but my home is, you know, when I go to refinance or Zillow says it's worth $550,000, it's not going to be double or triple that. It's different. That's that's what your Zillow or, your you know, the bank assessed value is. But when it comes to tax assessed value, it's much lower. And so that's where we get that 203,000. That's the average home. And for instance, um, uh, one of one of our employees' houses, their home currently Zillow's at 549, but their tax assessed value is only 201. So yeah, it's going to be about $12 a month for the uh, average taxpayer in Redmond. So assuming this bond passes, when could we expect construction to begin? Yeah, so we have it on our timeline uh, if the bond measure is successful, uh, then we would hopefully look at, you know, we'd have to, you know, secure those bonds and then do, you know, go out through the, you know, RFP process to get those bids. Uh, but the hope would be we could start construction um, by spring of 2023. So, and, and then completion date. 
uh, yeah, we would hope to, you know, have it finished by, you know, summer or fall of 2024. Well, Mary Ann's right. given me the signal. I am giving her the signal because I'm noticing what time it is. So uh, we would love to have you back on the show again. And you could talk to us more about maybe after the bond passes, you can talk about what your, your next plans are. Chief Lewis, we really appreciate talking with you today. Thank you. Thank you both for your time. We appreciate it. So um, we are going to say goodbye. Thank you, Redmond Police Chief Devin Lewis. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and our program schedule, go to kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcast at kpov.org.